you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Friday Fun Show. Working title, your guide to week 17 and perhaps beyond the season finale of the Friday Fun Show. After the season finale of Thursday Night Football. Dan Hans is here. And we got a full house. Greggy Rosenthal, Mark Sessler, and our old friend, Ricky Hollywood. Ricky! Hey, is this song new? Do you guys, I haven't listened to a single episode, so I don't yeah, know if well, this is how yeah. we start the show now or. Well, yeah, this is only that. like the, the 16th episode of this show um, where we've used the song every week since uh, the first week of September, but. Got you. Way to tell on yourself right off the bat, but that's I okay. I mean, Erica didn't really listen to the show when she was the producer of it, so I would not no, expect No, I listened it to it too many times. I listened to it live, and then I had to go back and listen to it again. I, I had my fill, for sure. <laughs> Ricky, I understand that. Can you imagine listening to any of our episodes twice? Um, how are you, Erica? How is I'm life? We And I know you can't say everything you want to say about your time with the Rams right now because it's been a tough year in L.A., but do it anyway. <laughs> No, I definitely can, especially since since we're live. No, no, it's been it's been amazing. Um, I'm really happy. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, the the record has been tough. It is hard, um, of course. Like, and it does make my content a little bit more limited. Like, you know, the players, McVeigh, everyone's not super like, hey, like Erica's up to her dumb shit again. Like, they're <laughs> like, hey, we just got blown out for the fifth time in a row. Like, right. no one wants to talk. Um, so that's been that's been a little tough, but everything else like it's really it's just awesome. Like I was like getting a coffee the other day and like Cooper Cup's behind me waiting to get his coffee. And I'm like, well, the coffee's pouring. Like, should I move and like let him go? But I'm, I'm like, the coffee's already here coming out of right. the machine. You know what I mean? So it's like and little you, things you like stepped that. on his foot and re-sprained his ankle and nobody. Yeah, knows he was like, truth. he was like, please just like crush <laughs> this right now. And I was like, just this won't hurt a bit, Coop. Uh, I love it. I could see right now we have the uh, live stream viewers who are excited to see Eric again. Eskimo oh, Pete hi. says, missed you so much, Ricky, you sassy legend. 
Oh, sassy. Mm, I, I thought like eat. sassy was reserved for the likes of uh, Jack Hay from 227 fame, but mm. apparently uh, <laughs> crosses over all culture barriers when someone's as sassy as Erica. No, you got you got to be a little sassy. I think if if I would describe the three of you, the word and West too, sassy fits you guys like you guys know <laughs> when to sass back. You know what I mean? I think oh, you okay. are sassy. All right. Ricky is. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so works for the Rams, and it's great to have her back. And she's going to be the centerpiece of the episode a little bit later. I think you know what that means. If you are uh, a fan of the Friday Fun Show, uh, we're going to get to some fearless predictions. Oh, I forgot to tell you, Erica, you need to give us a fearless prediction for Week 17 at the end of the episode. Oh, I, I gave you it. a little bit of a runway to plan for that, so there you go. Um, uh, yes, <laughs> Let me it's guess. About it me. involves the Rams winning. Um, against the Chargers? <laughs> in Rams house with the Chargers hopefully resting most of their starters. Yeah, baby. The slugfest in the Southland. We'll take what we can get. <laughs> uh, we're going to, uh, yes, have some listener feedback, of course. And uh, we start as we always do. Oh, of course, the injury minute with Greggy. Very important ahead of the penultimate week of the regular season. But first, let's uh, wrap up the first game of week 17. The final Thursday night football recap. Al Michaels is still at Moon Shadows. Here comes second down seven. Prescott back looking left. Throwing it in the back of the end zone for Schultz. What a grab. Touchdown, Dalton Schultz. Oh, what a grab by Dalton Schultz. His second touchdown of the night. Mm -mm. Brad Sham, the Sham God. Sham God with the call. The Cowboys had a layup on Thursday night. Yes, they were on the road, but they're facing a Titans team that had nothing to play for uh, with their season all about Week 18 against the Jaguars. Uh, and they took care of business after a bit of a sloppy first half. Uh, Dak Prescott threw for 282 and two touchdowns to Dawson Schultz. Dalton Schultz, can't talk today. And that was enough for the Cowboys to take care of the Titans 27-13. to uh, That's six wins in seven games, Mark Sessler, for the Cowboys. Uh, take care of business. Yeah, I mean, it was what a delectable um, evening of football. And I actually watched this game um, in real time, which stuns even myself, because I believe I told you <laughs> Thursday that I was going to hard skip this and watch it on the 40 minute version. But I thought that's not what I'm going to what I want to do when I wake up. So uh, I observed it and I thought the Cowboys, I don't know. I mean, I think they wanted to get out of town as quick as possible. And it was made a little bit tougher than planned. I mean, I think ideally they, you know, you're sitting Tony Pollard to be up 24 nothing at half and Dak throws two picks I think you know one of them is I'd blame on Dak the other you know came out of the hands of a tight end but the turnovers have been an issue for Dak Prescott I, the other thing I think the biggest takeaway for me with the Cowboys is they lost their starting center I hate that they have to rotate guys and now they've been using Jason Peters as like more of a swing tackle he could have to play left tackle full time now I think that is a what is the um, what is the injury update on I mean, it, I think they. I think someone said a high ankle sprain. Tyler oh, Biotish and it looked may, bad though, didn't it? Right. They're hoping maybe he can return for the playoffs. It's one of those that's tough to know. Yeah. Mm. You know. I, I don't. I don't think it, like that injury is a problem, and it's gonna make them sit players next week as they should, anyways. If the Eagles win uh, on Sunday, which they will against the Saints, the Cowboys have nothing to play for next week. 
So that makes Commanders Browns. I know there's a little bit of a side tangent, but coming off last night, Commanders Browns to me is like the biggest game in the NFC wildcard race. Because if the Commanders win that, then they'll probably get the Cowboys sitting down and, and get that last spot. But I, I thought last night was like a good night for them. People get a little carried away with their turnovers. Dak is playing very well. They sat Pollard because they could afford to sit Pollard. Demarcus Lawrence was like wrecking shop. Micah Parsons is out there with like one hand and he still somehow gets like a fumble recovery with one hand, uh, which was kind of awesome. And and T.Y. Hilton looks good. Like I love the fact that T.Y. Hilton is a guy now. And he was supposed to be, I mean, this was supposed to be Odell Beckham hypothetically uh, a month and a half ago and that never came to fruition and to pivot to Hilton uh, which I think is essentially what they did. Uh, that's looking very smart right now. Yeah, I don't know. I think Dallas never seemed to be concerned. They, I, I'm trying to think what exactly Zaddy said coming out of the half when Mike McCarthy was interviewed. Um, I think he was just like, he made a comment like, yeah, we got to knock this out or something. He, whatever the <laughs> way he used to describe it, it was like nobody was taking the 10-6 score seriously. Obviously, no. with Josh Dobbs and, and Derek at quarterback and Derek Henry uh, on the bench, this was never going to be a game they're going to lose. It does, uh, but the fact that they did take care of business that's fine. Good job by the Cowboys. You hope to get out of there without injuries. You don't, uh, but nothing too devastating. Um, I do have a thought. Well, I want to save the thought because it's kind of post, uh, not about the game itself. Does anybody else have anything about the game they wanted to share? How about Dobbs himself? Do you think I, I think uh, bring Dobbs, a grave digger here? Um, I would start Dobbs next week, yeah, and ahead, I think Mark. they will. I think they will because I think, like, clearly, I think Vrabel has sort of verbalized this for weeks that Malik Willis, like there's a little bit of potential there, but is the, it is just not ready. He's too raw. He's not ready for this. And Dobbs, if anything, um, it, he's, he's been in the league since 2017. He just looked like un, he looked composed at least. And he, and I thought he made some throws. I mean, he's not perfect. You're in a bad situation, but I mean, you can roll with Dobbs next week and see what happens. I think Malik Willis to me, let's check him out next year. I mean, this is, it, he is not ready. What do you think? Great there. I totally agree. Dobbs gave them life. To, I mean, the offense, the, they had a passing game without Ryan Tannehill, which they haven't had. Dobbs finished with 232 yards passing, which Ryan Tannehill's only done in half the games he's played this year. And Malik Willis hasn't even topped 100 in a game. This is almost Malik Willis's total for the season, appearing in seven games in Josh Dobbs did it in one night. So, yeah, he had his um, receiving weapons healthy. Malik Willis didn't always, but he was playing with four backup offensive linemen and still only took two sacks. He had two fumbles, threw an interception, lost one of those fumbles. He had a couple other throws that could have been interceptions that make you kind of, <laughs> you know, hold your breath. But at least he was moving the ball. He hit a deep shot. He had three completions over of over 30 yards, which, you know, we haven't seen that in the Titans offense for a while. How's the tension here between um, former producer Justin Graver and Ricky? Um, are you like, are you proud of what Justin's done in your absence, Eric? Oh, I'm so, I'm so proud. I think it, it's amazing, and there's, there's absolutely no tension whatsoever. I'm excited. All right, now, give I, us your real answer. <laughs> no, I did. I honestly <laughs> fell for him last night watching this game. I was like, ooh, they have to single this game out for you know a series of time aside from a normal recap show which is just you know mm. you guys kind of I, I would have liked the Cowboys to put this away way faster like going into the half mm. I was just like are they gonna actually get into gear if they're this team that they keep saying that they are and that people think that they are I thought T.Y. Hilton looked great Dak um, I just felt like the offense even with Zeke he wasn't really getting a lot of of yards which I guess that's that has to do with the Titans defense of course but it just the second half 
took too long to get there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I, I, when they went into that first half, I'm like, who th- are these the Cowboys that are playing against Titans backups that we've been talking about as like finally making a playoff run and being this team? I would have liked to see more in that I, first half. I sure. hear that, Ricky. I hear that. But, you know, like Zeke, for instance, we now know at this stage of his career, he's better as a tandem duo with Tony Pollard. You didn't have Pollard in there. And uh, I would say the only thing that in terms of concern I would have is, yeah, the the Dak turnovers three and one half. He can get away with that stuff um, right now. But yeah. uh, there's some there are some big time teams in the NFC that I think are better than the Cowboys that they're going to run into in the playoffs. And even if they run into a team like, say, the Packers, uh, that's how you lose a game. You you turn the ball over, you give teams short fields, you get in a you get behind they have to play clean football um my but, non- they, but they're not they're not running into anyone good in the first round they're running into the nfc south champion no matter what yeah like, but they I, are, I, I think to dan's there. point like do you I, don't, I i watch this cowboys team and i think when they're good they're explosive and you can see it but do i trust them to win three road playoff games of course not, um yeah. if they're gonna turn the ball over like this i don't know they haven't I mean, won a road playoff game in like 30 years so right like even it's... playing a nfc south champion like I personally, I'm going to go into that game with some trepidation. Like, show me, Dallas, that you're not going to lay an egg uh, now that right, the Right, but you're the going against high. the Titans quarterback who's been there less than, than a week, and it's it's Dobbs. I mean, it's not, you know, superstar Baker Mayfield coming in on only 24 hours of practice. Like, <laughs> oh, it, 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 you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, if this is Company the woman. team. If this Although is the team. Baker kind well, Ricky, of stunk on Monday you, Night Football. Ricky, yeah. have you seen well, Baker around the complex? two degrees. I have, yes. Baker is very, what's, very give nice. Me the, what's the vibe? What's, cause everyone's Are you to make eye contact with him oh yeah yeah no i go i go hey bake and he goes are you taller than him no (laughs) well that is absurd (laughs) no no he's a he's a beefy boy mark if that answers your question yeah now you're talking mark's language i know (laughs) here's my my non-game related thought um i think uh and greggy you're plugged in on these matters but as a as the thursday night football schedule wraps up the first year with amazon uh, which paid a buttload of money, obviously, to get the slate of games. And some of the games were good and some were leaky, as Al Michael said. And the way this season end, it ends in a Week 17 game where one of the teams doesn't even have anything to play for and is resting their, their players, just no juice. My prediction for the near future of the NFL is you're going to see like a, a sea change in the flexing of all these primetime games because there's so many, there's so much money now involved with the networks and the streamers in terms of how they're paying the talent um, on top of everything else that goes with it, that these networks and streamers are going to feel like they have some leverage. And I think we're going to see some form of uh, Thursday night flexing. Um, Mm. I know it's harder on a shorter week, but they'll maybe there's a more of an advance to it. Maybe you have to do it a month in advance or something. And certainly Monday night and Sunday night will continue I just see that becoming more of a thing based on the dollars. Follow the money. Yeah, I totally. think they just got bad luck. Like all the primetime schedules did. Like these Rams games were highly sought after. This Cowboys-Titans game might have been the most sought after. Seemingly like the safest game on the entire TNF schedule because the Titans would never have a losing record. It was hard not to think about the last time they were on TNF. The night when Mark Sessler jumped on the Titans bandwagon and they have not won a single game since. But yes, TNF, I I think, is going to feel like kind of the ugly stepsister here. They are flexing Monday night starting next year. And uh, I think TNF is 
you know, unfortunately for Amazon and Alan Kirk, gonna be I like think, the third. I think Mark strapped a C four explosive to the Titans bandwagon. Yeah, I didn't did. intend to, but I think that's exactly <laughs> what happened. I Dan, I had the same thought. Like, you you probably need to give teams um, a, a long runway to schedule or reschedule a Thursday night game. But the league in general is axing things that aren't competitive. Like it took a long time, but the Pro Bowl, check you later. I mean, we're flexing everything else. And in, in, in last night's game, I mean, on the fact that beyond the fact that it drove certain fantasy heads nuts, and that's beyond my concern, but like it's just sitting out there as an island game with zero consequence. And I think the NFL's like our product is far too dominant to even suggest that we'd be spending Friday talking about that game versus something else they could have put in. But if you looked at it a month ago, you wouldn't have changed this game. That's the problem. Stuff sneaks up on you in the last and month. I, I agree, Greggy, about the, the bad luck side of it. But I just wonder if the amount of money involved with these deals, if they're going to start asking in the negotiations for more protection. I, and whether yeah. the NFL pushes back and says, no, we can't, we literally can't help you on Thursday night. That's part, maybe that's that wins in that debate. But I, I would imagine like Amazon, whoever the next bidder involved is down the line is going to say, we don't, you know, we're not going to pay Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet a trillion dollars and pay a, a bazillion dollars for this package to get the worst game of the week in terms of consequential nature. Anyway. Well, you can also save money on like the cot that they put up there uh, to keep Kirk Herbstreet like awake during the game. Like he's yeah. taking well, naps. I, I mean, know. this. I don't like it. I don't oh, like. I when, thought he was doing okay. He's no, I mean, he's, he's, he's fine. Pro. He's good, but he's just like it's not his favorite sport. College football is, and it's like his fourth job. Like I want someone uh, brings a little more enthusiasm. Yeah, they always the talk about that too. Al Michaels was like, and then tomorrow you're off to here, and then Saturday, <laughs> and like it's like okay, like let's get back to the game. He's like, oh, and then how do you do it? You're just like, all over it, the place. You travel for work. Yeah. I think Ricky Ricky hit the nail on the head there. I think it's telling that at the end of the telecast, when it's like. Herbstreet's like, Al, I've, I've you know, watched and listened to you for years. It's been such an honor. You're such a pro. And then and Al's like, yeah, you're so busy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, all right, let's check in with the viewers on the live stream. What you got for us with Ricky Hollywood. Harvey White asks, has Erica's Patriots fandom been tossed to the waste side? I like that. It's the wayside. Uh, now she's working for the Rams. Um, no, the answer is no. The answer is I, I have had to take a step back with maybe tweeting about like, you know, taking a bunch of Viagra to watch the game in the cold <laughs> weather and, and stuff like that. I have to be a little bit more forward facing. I'm still watching every game, still following Mac Daddy on Instagram and all those types of types of things. Um, um, excuse me. Mac Daddy, you said? Yeah, he's he's my boy. Okay. Um, and he's fine. And you guys have been way too hard on him this year. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, but that being said, I I do have to, you know, be a little bit more kind of choosy with my words, which has been yeah, an adjustment for me. Yeah. Um, for for sure. But yeah, every like video, Dan, the the you know, you were on Ricky's Ram Jam this week and we were talking yeah, and I went on YouTube to look at the comments and even one of them was like Patriots bandwagoner like it's like been a year now and everyone even Rams fans are like oh hey F the Patriots I'm like I'm not even I'm not talking about them I'm not bringing them up like let me live but no it's been great let Ricky live I agree what's next Dylan R why is Mark allowed to have a cat in his cell again I think people Mark let me answer this one for you and then you could you could uh, follow up as your uh, court representative sure. um, this is not a 
like a state penitentiary. Mark is not in Rikers. This is a country club outside of Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh, it's a work release. He's allowed to come to L.A. on Sundays and Tuesdays and Thursdays. Oh, wow. Uh, Fridays through Saturdays, he spends uh, in the country club uh, correctionals facility. He plays tennis. And yes, he has a feline. Mark, anything to add there? Yeah, it's a controlled environment, but um, it doesn't control any of my impulses. I'm allowed to do whatever I wish. And uh, With I would cat? suggest it for an adult. It's a great it's a great situation. And Mark, I am working. Uh, I am working with authorities and the district attorney to see what I could do about your case in terms of an appeal. Right now, it's a pretty air airtight case against you. The evidence is overwhelming, yeah. but I'll continue to fight it until uh, my legal recourse is exhausted. Do I seem like I'm in a rush to exit this facility? Mm, no, <laughs> I think you love it there. <laughs> what else we got, uh, Mark Farisi? Uh, Greg, this one's for you. Best and or most intriguing landing spots for Derek Carr. Everyone's saying the Jets right off the bat. You know what feels right is the Washington Commanders. He just just uh, feels like that. two sides that need each other, and he would he would make them better. He he is the he is the like quarterback that makes sense to just make them respectable. That's a good one. Yeah, the Jets make sense. I, I think the um, the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, as much as I would be uh, lukewarm on it, just because the connections with uh, Mike LaFleur uh, and San Francisco and, and what they I think they're looking for in a quarterback, Garoppolo, he makes sense for the Jets, but I don't know if I want Ooh, which Carr, I, I would rather have Carr, put it that way. Robert Tanaka asks... Uh, me, what vet QB makes the most sense to be the Jets QB in 23? Yeah, I, like I just said, I think Garoppolo makes sense. I think Carr makes sense. Um, I put that up because you were kind of answering it. It was so a good follow-up like, question. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I would love like to kick the tires on Matt Stafford if that was potentially a thing, but maybe it's not. Aaron Rodgers is, is a kind thing. of a fun idea, but I wouldn't want to give up a ton of resources to to see there. And I want Gino Brady. back there. I want Gino back as the Jets Gino, no, I'm fine with Gino. Gino no, Mike, Mike's the future. Let light him Mike up this white, weekend and then everyone brings light. Gino back. That would be amazing. The one thing that, that is a lot of fun to think about <laughs> and um, I don't know what to make of it, but like if Tom Brady ever wanted to come back to the AFC East and exact some revenge on Bill Belichick with a really good Jets roster, that would be interesting and fun. That'd be I don't so think it fun. happens. He's but. going to Vegas and so is Gronk. It's going to be Brady, insane. Tom Brady, like, I, I think Tom Brady and Belichick are still linked by the one unending fact that they both hate the Jets with everything <laughs> inside of their being. So I don't see that as Tom Brady's final season. I know, but it's, wouldn't it be so delicious oh, if he then would, I mean, joined I the would, Jets to, to stick it to Belichick? You know, I'd love to I, watch it, but... I want to know what their relationship is. I think it would be very... Put it this way. It'd be very telling if that ever happened. It won't. <laughs> Uh, what else? It's like some fan fiction stuff here. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> well, yeah, like Robert Sala getting fired. Uh, Lee West. Diary. That was being reported. I'm telling uh, you. I show me one local reporter, Greggy, that's reporting on Robert Sala's I, jobs in danger. I asked, the, I asked uh, you can guess, the reporters at our network whether it would be possible, and they said a non-zero chance. So that's all. Okay, well, keep dreaming, bud. Lee West, if you were a Giants GM, would you keep Daniel Jones or Barkley? Marky. Uh, Barkley... I would be willing to move on Barkley at this point. Um, Daniel Jones, I think, is a tough assessment because I think other teams would want him. But like, it, for me, it just boils down to what else you can have because I think Daniel Jones just has a ceiling that feels pretty tangible. And, and he's been coached up well this year, but it's not someone I'd invest a lot of money in. I'd take him on like a short, manageable deal, potentially. 
I, yeah. I think it's a problem for all these quarterbacks that there's too many of them available this year, like for Geno, for Daniel Jones, not for Brady as much. Jimmy G's out there. Mike White, Darnold, Baker, Teddy, Dalton, Jacoby Brissett. Like, it's just, I, I know those aren't guys you all want to be like a franchise quarterback, but with that much competition, I think it's going to hurt the guys like Geno and, and Danny Dimes. Jacob Triplett asks, what has happened to Gino and the Hawks lately? Is there a way for them to turn it around in the last two weeks? I'm glad that Jacob asked this question because as can happen sometimes, and it's a very meaty narrative uh, jet season. I know we did a lot of jets talk in the preview yesterday. Uh, let's talk a little Seahawks side of uh, where they're at right now. What do you think, Ricky, as someone that saw, saw the Seahawks? I, I have my doubts that they can suddenly turn on a dime, but Tyler Lockett, is probably playing this week, I think, which really helps. I don't think Geno's been playing that poorly, so they could maybe outscore the Jets. They are not out of it in the NFC. Yeah, I I, I agree. I don't think they're necessarily out, but I don't think that they're going to turn it around either. And also this last season, you know, Week 18 game, the Rams going up to Seattle, that was a game that the Rams really felt like that was when we sort of started turning the tide and when McVeigh was even like, you don't want to celebrate moral victories, but that game against the Seahawks really, sh- you know, the Rams should have won. So I do think with this new momentum and everything that that's going and if the Rams can play like they played against Denver, even this weekend against the Chargers with Bobby Wagner back in Seattle for the first time, I do feel I, I do feel strongly that this team has been kind of working towards this pinnacle and the Rams like of course yes I'm drinking the Kool-Aid I'm there every day I want to believe in this but I really do feel watching the Rams Seahawks game to have them play again after the way the the last month of Rams football has been going I could see them hopefully beating beating the the, the Seahawks that week. Mm. Um Gino by the way was asked about if he wants revenge against the Jets. And has he, as he's done all year, I feel like Gino's, in addition to playing his best football of the year, has been very good in the media and and uh, and kind of sidestepped it but and talked, like, honestly about the IK and Polly jawbreak incident. Um, but Pete Carroll was then asked the same question, like, does anything extra against the Jets this week? And he's like, well, me and Gino both share a, a link of – you know, things didn't end the way we wanted to with that team. And he kind of left it at that. So I'm sure behind the scenes, uh, those two guys are looking to, to stick it to the Jets and end their season. Uh, you know what annoys me about that? That was like Pete Carroll flamed out with the Jets. I thought he was one of the nicest people on the planet when he was their coach, maybe too nice for New York. But Geno Smith did the Jets no great favors when he was there either. The idea that there's this revenge against the Jets because they didn't really they didn't come as advertised. Like, I, I don't have patience for that nonsense. Carol's there one year in 94. It was the uh, year of the fake spike. They lost their final five games. And Leon Hess fired Carol after one year, hired Rich Kotite. And the it's first thing rough. Rich, one year yeah, and they won six yeah, games. That's no, rough. it was. And the first thing that Rich Kotite did when he got the job, Pete Carroll, always a player friendly coach, had put up like a full court. Um, a blacktop basketball court on the Jets grounds <laughs> and the first thing Kotite did was he paved over that whole thing and got rid of it. <laughs> well, Rich Kotite, what a coach he was. And then went 4-28 and 28 over two right. years. Uh, all right, last question. Uh, TJ Summergray. Ricky, where's the ring? Oh. That's that's a good, that's a great question. Um, when are you going to yeah. commit? Well, it's, it's not, we just got a puppy, so that's a big commitment. No, we just celebrated four years, but I actually got to tell you something. Jet 
has been playing daily fantasy with some classmates in school, right? And she's been coming between one and fourth place every week against like 200 classmates at school. So she has been so plugged into football this year. I woke up literally yesterday, come out into the kitchen and she's sipping coffee, watching Good Morning Football. Like she like put it on the TV. (laughs) She, She listens to you guys and like watches every social clip like she's more plugged in to you guys than she listens to anything that I ever do so that being said I'm not going to tell you my plans just in case this gets Mm. this gets clipped um but I would just I would say that 2023 is a is a gonna be a great year for us I I love that Erica can I just say and this is listen this is spoiler alert um, <laughs> I don't want to. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, there's like five like TLC and Beyonce uh, songs about um, men who instead like, of giving their long. woman a ring, they give him a puppy. Like, yeah. at what point? Let's let's get off. Let's you know. Yeah. Let's get going. Let's get off. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Graver's like, this show's going long. <laughs> it's true. It's the season finale. All right, here we go. Oh. <laughs> All right, for the last time this season, it's it's about me. It's about me. Uh, when one of us gets the chance to take the floor and share their thoughts, and no one interrupts, especially me, and uh, Erica Tamposi is our guest. Ricky, take it away. Okay, so here are my top five NFL storylines that I would have liked to talk about if I wasn't working for a team. And Mm. this is nothing to do, this is all my own thoughts and opinions and has nothing to do with the Los Angeles Rams. So if I was doing a NFL podcast and I could talk about these kind of storylines, this is what I'd want. Number six honorable mention is Zach Milfson. I would have loved to talk about that. Number five, uh, Taylor Heineke getting a new pair of Jordans after every win in the losing team colors. I would have loved to talk about that. Mm. Four, Mike McDaniel. Just Mike McDaniel. His press conferences, Mm. him yelling, who? Talking about cheese this week, wearing long shorts and walking around practice like totally offbeat and with no rhythm to music. Like just a whole corner dedicated to curiosity that like lives within me about that man. Mm-hmm. Number three, the Lions tweeting out a map of Michigan with the Commander's W um, logo on it after Ouch. beating them, trolling them for when they accidentally printed the Commander's mugs over the state of Washington, which was hilarious. <laughs> I would love to talk about that if I was, you know, if I would comment on that sort of thing. But you don't. Um, yeah. I don't. And number two, this is this is a storyline that really didn't make major headlines, but there were videos of Cowboys fans after their first win riding a horse into Walmart with the horse tail painted blue and everything. And it was just like Cowboys fans don't know how to act after winning their first game of the season. Just to juxtapose where we are now and where, you know, we're seeing Jerry Jones and like they haven't won a road playoff game since like 1995 or whatever. It's just funny. Like get off your horse in Walmart. If mm-hmm. I had a comment on that, I would mm-hmm. comment on that. You wouldn't though. I wouldn't. And number one, my top storyline that I would have liked to talk about if I didn't, you know, work for a team would be Russell Wilson um, in general. Just, just everything from the season. 
the way he's played, the way to the high knees on the plane, to admitting he schedules his bowel movements. Um, like, I would never dare to comment since, you know, I represent a team. And I would never I call him cringy people. or tired or overdone right. or just plain mid, as the kids say at football. Um, but I could. Are you, if are you I would. saying that working for a team prohibits you from talking about another player's bowel movements? Um, I, I don't think that the Rams would say, they would say, Erica, you don't need to talk about Russell Wilson's bowel movements, you know? Erica, have, has the, have the Rams or anyone from the Rams, you know, since you've been there, because you keep talking about having to kind of hem yourself in, uh, which I get, but have they, have there been any incidents where they looked at one of your tweets and said, that's not something that we'd want you to, to tweet, where you kind of maybe had to be talked to? Well, yes, it was during the preseason and we were playing the Chargers. And there is someone on the Chargers name, um, and his last name is Clap. And he, I said, Clap, he caught it. <laughs> and they were like, come on. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> See, I think that adds fun to the game. Me I don't too. know why the Rams I was like, would but, be down on that. But. You know, but uh, they were like, hey, come on. <laughs> I was like, all right. But he caught it, you know. You, Greg, did you, um, beautiful job. Eric. Thank you. Would you like that? I think you did. A plus work. Thank Greg, you. Greg, just, um. Just because if Mike McDaniel were to lose six games in a row at the end of the season, and uh, this is ownership that is also notoriously hard to predict, and they had a yacht and Sean McVay and Tom Brady involved and all that, or uh, uh, not Sean McVay. uh, Peyton? Sean Peyton involved. Do you think that Mike McDaniel's job is potentially in danger? I think there'll be some surprise. And yeah, that was one that I, it doesn't make any sense, but that would be a bad owner move. They literally tried to have Sean Payton and Tom Brady last year and like lost draft picks and money because of it. At this point, it seems like McDaniel's proven you wouldn't get rid of him. Uh, But would I put it past Steven Ross to do something uh, dumb? Because he's done a lot of dumb things. Not really. My takeaway is that Dan uh, has not stopped thinking Whoa. about this Washington Post report that Greg brought up. Oh, yeah, about I didn't Robert make it Powell up. I didn't under make it fire. up out of nowhere. I don't know. This, for some reason, that one didn't sit well because it didn't come from any of the local reporters. Greg is big on like report with your chest out and all this stuff. And and then he's kind of floating this dream scenario of the Jets going into it wasn't chaos. A, it wasn't a dream. I was doing some it just idle felt a speculation. Little, it didn't pass the smell test for me. I was doing some idle speculation. Serious about their sources. I was doing some idle speculation early in the week, and then the Washington Post thing came out, and I was like, okay, like right. I, people, people. No one are knows talking. the inside of the Jets building like the Washington Post. Are, I mean, Greg, you, or, you, you know Dan, who it's it was our onion, former though. insider? I mean, like, the Washington Post has some reputation attached to it. Yeah, it was our former NFL Network insider, Jason Lockenfora, who you guys spent a lot of time with in the news uh, oh. in the newsroom. Mm. Well, not oh, I'm going to leave that right there, Greg. Wow. Um, it is time now for the Greg Rosenthal Week 17 Injury Minute presented by Acrishore, Harry Palms Miracle Cure, formulated by Mark Sessler himself. All right, let's get to it. <laughs> Uh, Lamar Jackson will be out again. This is sad. Uh, Calais Campbell and Marcus Peters also been out of practice for the Ravens. The Giants are going to have Leonard Williams back, Aziz Ojolari back, Adoree Jackson, a game-time decision. Might get Xavier McKinney back next week, so they're getting healthier. Tyler Lockett, as I mentioned, has been practicing, so it sounds like he might play in that Jets game. Hayden Hurst is back for the Bills on Monday night. Mitch Morse, their center, uh, the Bills center, rather, uh, is also back. Greg Dulcich, if you've been playing him in fantasy, is probably out for the Broncos. The Raiders quietly like sat, is sitting everyone. It's not just Derek Carr. 
Uh, but Rock Yasin, their starting cornerback, Denzel Perryman is on IR. Chandler Jones is on IR. Like everyone's out for the Raiders now. It's kind of ridiculous. What are we doing here? I think they're down. actually hurt in their case, but I don't know for I'm sure. I'm just saying, like, you're, you're you're soiling the end of this car relationship to get a look at Jared Stidham, and then you're not even giving that kid a chance with a real team. What are we doing? Well, you That's... mentioned mostly defensive guys. Whatever. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I mean, just... McDaniels knows what Stidham is already, though. That's the right. thing. Stidham, McDaniel, he's about integrity. I, know, I understand Josh <laughs> McDaniels is about integrity. Tua Tungavailoa is officially out. Brad, Bradley Chubb is a game-time decision in New England. New England looks like they're going to be down. They're three of their top four cornerbacks. Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, and Jalen Mills, and Devontae Parker, and Jonu Smith. Uh, not a good time uh, for all these injuries for the Patriots. Uh, Joey Bosa is practicing. Maybe he'll return this week or next. Uh, Antonio Gibson's out for Washington. Lane Johnson, Avante Maddox out for the Eagles. Christian Watson still hasn't practiced, although they're giving him a chance. Irv Smith for the Vikings is practicing again. Might return for the playoffs. The Bucks got some good news. Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs, their tackles, have been practicing. And Derwin James has been limited in practice, so maybe he'll play in that Rams game. I don't think they're sitting starters, Ricky, but I could be wrong. Finally, the, the one that I'm keeping the eye on the most is Alvin Kamara hasn't practiced because of personal reasons. And he's zeroed out his entire Instagram account, so I don't know. I'm just looking oh, no. to see what's going on there. Like, there's well, they nothing. Asked Den- yeah, they asked Dennis Allen about it. It's like you got to ask Alan Kamara about it. It's oh, like, no. well, there's something strange because they're still there. playing for something. So I'm just did curious he go back to Vegas gonna... or something? I have no idea. Hey, how do you how do you play wide receiver in the NFL like a week after having finger surgery? That seems Tyler Lockett. I a lot of respect to him if he plays that game. That sounds painful and dangerous. Yeah, it's, he still sounds like a game-time decision, but who knows? Um, all right. Now, before we say goodbye, Ricky, what would you think of the uh, Akershore uh, Greg Rosenthal minute there? <laughs> I thought that was that was really great, and actually I think you should clip that part out and put it on Instagram because for people setting fantasy lineups, like that would have been great to know, honestly. Mm, that's a good point. That's, that's a real producer. Greg doesn't oh. like when I, I did it once and Greg said, you know, there's a lot more updates that happen. Well, like, because after we, we tape this so early, so it's like super incomplete or things change. So it just feels right, like. Right, but it's something to watch. And now I yeah. know going into Sunday, it's like, oh, I, I Greg said on Friday that Tyler Lockett may play. Like now I'm I'm tracking this right. versus just okay. setting him Maybe and it's forgetting him. Greg, Greg is waiting to see what the Washington Post has to say about any <laughs> final injury scenarios before going official with that. Um, last week's uh, prediction. Mark, or this is two weeks ago. Who cares about two weeks ago? It's so long ago. So let's just move on. You missed them all. Just know that. Yeah, we, we missed them all. All right, let's uh, make our uh, predictions. Greg, you get us going, baby. All right, I'm uh, weirdly excited about the return of Teddy Two Gloves. Like I'm, I'm worried about Tua Tagovailoa. But my prediction is that the. Dolphins and Teddy Two Gloves put the Patriots out of their misery. Teddy Two Gloves with two touchdowns in a win for the Dolphins in Fox. All right. I will, uh, mine dovetails there. Uh, we talked about it on Thursday, just like a lot of funky stuff going on with the Patriots, perhaps behind the scenes. I say Mac Jones gets benched in that very game. Whoa. The Dolphins win due to disciplinary issues. Some type what? of, uh, mm. whether whether it's something we see on the field or something in the locker room at halftime, you're going to see uh, Zappy in the lineup, and then it's going to be a big story in the week that More follows. More fan fiction. 
<laughs> See, we could both do it. But he's uh, so good. Uh, how about uh, Ricky? What you got? Sorry, I know I gave you about 31 minutes to prepare this. No, 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 no. This is good. I I love the idea of the Bucks and Panthers game. Right? This NFC South has been. Um, what would let's let's use one of your words moribund this mm-hmm. year. Nice. And how about Steve Wilkes and Sam Darnold, the resurgence? Like, what about sticking the knife into Tom Brady and the Bucks this weekend? Mm. I think the Panthers are gonna win. Uh, and I'm with you, the winner of this game that's who's hosting a playoff game, yep. crazy as it sounds. All right, Mark, close it out. Uh, three little items. A, a coach is fired Sunday night. Mm. Uh, Carson Wentz throws two pick sixes. Not on board with that whole situation. <laughs> More wish um, casting. We, we get another fan time player who will retire by the next Friday fun show. Although the next Friday fun show is, when is that? September. Is J.J. Watt doesn't count. Uh, okay, then let's just say by next Friday at noon, a another big time player retires. Beautiful. We'll never be checking whether these come true. We're never. I mean, Mark, I think you might get the fired coaches one, but I think you're yeah. 0 for 37 on the season so far. So. Yeah, but <laughs> when he hits, he hits. You know. We all are basically. So. Um, who gets fired on Sunday? Like you're Someone, saying, I just on Sunday. Well, not Robert Sala. Maybe Cliff. Don't you worry about that. That's what I was gonna say. If I, think I Cliff is, had an opinion, Cliff would make sense. All right, interesting. All right, thank you to everybody for watching along. Amazing stuff from the live streamers. What did we decide they were? They were the uh, a the stream of ATL. The stream uh, of ATL. I love that. This is the shortest show you guys have done in the history of you know the thirty years you've been doing this, and I'm having so much fun. I don't want to stop. It's like, wait, you're cutting it at forty minutes? This is crazy. Ricky, you've said it all. Is there anything else you want to add? And no, thank I'm you just, again for joining I'm us. I'm just so, so nice. happy to see you guys, and I'm so proud of all that you're doing. And I I am tracking. I'm not listening to the episodes. You guys do way too much content for me to keep up with it. But I'm very, very proud of you, and I can't wait to see all that 2023 brings you guys as well. Mm. Love happy you, New Year. Thank happy you, New Year to Erica. Happy New Year to all of the listeners and viewers, and we will see you um, on Sunday. On the other side, in 2023, remember what you got to do. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.